listeners all week on whupfm.org. We are having a begathon. Visit our website so you can continue to appreciate us, so we can continue to appreciate music with you. Thank you. A proud veteran officer of the U.S. Navy, a former aerospace product manufacturing engineer, an actor, a filmmaker, and a spoken word artist, sounds more like the beginning of a joke than the introduction of a bio, but this person that I am sitting next to, Sean T. Singletary, I call him Chamber 7 because he stays with that fire. I got an amazing artist in the building today. We're going to let this introduction ride out, then we're going to get to some amazing poetry. I also got Kane as our musical feature out of Greensboro. Listeners, you already know where you're at. Spoken Stories brought to you by WHUP LP of Hillsboro, your host, Endless Will here. Go ahead, vibe out to this amazing instrumental, and then we will get into some work. Shout out to Poetry. Attention poets and those who enjoy poetry. You are now in tune to the world's definition of art, listeners being our body and our features being our heart. In honor of those who came before me, I welcome you all to Spoken Stories. I got to you to the right of me, a good friend of mine. His beard done grew a little bit, and I'm pretty sure his poetry has too. I got Chamber 7. How's it going, brother? I'm good. How you doing today, man? Oh, it is going great. It's going great. Thank you for being here in the building. I'm going to ask you that again, man. How is it going? Doing great, man. I'm doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. Oh, yeah. So um, it's been a while since you and I have uh, connected. We have collaborated on anthologies together. And, um, yes, sir. So uh, I will plug that later in the show. But, again, you already know where you're at. Spoken Stories brought to you by Poet Laureate of Hillsboro, Endless Will at WHUP 104.7. I already know where you know where we're at because you're listening to it. And I've got my good friend here, Chamber. He's going to share some of the work that he's done. Uh, like I said, he's an actor. He's a model. He's a spoken word artist. When I first met him, I knew that he was stylish. So I wanted to be a friend of his. So it's really good that he and I have been able to connect on so many different levels in the poetry scene as well as in the modeling um, scene. So again, I can't thank you enough for you. And I can't wait for our listeners to learn a little bit more about you, Mr. Sean T. Singletary, also known as Chamber 7. Yes, sir. Yeah, this, yeah, listeners, I want to just give you a little insight on the man um, that I'm sitting next to. Um, as he um, walked into my house earlier just to greet my family before we came to the studio, um, he made sure he said hi to every single one of my kids. Uh, my son walked down the steps and said, man, I haven't seen you in a while, man, and gave him a hug and chamber embraced him. And it, it just, uh, I don't just have a poet or a model or an artist here. I have a good-hearted person. And so it's good for... Um, you listeners, to really just understand, give you a little introduction on top of the introduction that I already gave you of who you are about to get introduced to and listen to and um, just be a fan of. Uh, Chamber, what what brought that name? Chamber 7 is such a, um, and it's such a unique name. Where did that come from, from Sean T. Singletary to Chamber 7? 
Uh, that's you know that's a, a question I often get. Um, I, I almost have the explanation uh, memorized at this point. Uh, my name Sean actually came from when I was younger. My mother named me Sean after Sean Connery, who was of course uh, playing 007 James Bond at the time when she saw him on television. Uh, I was supposed to be Eric for a long time, but she preferred Sean. So um, as I grew up, I told my friends that story in college. And uh, that's right around the same time Wu-Tang came out with the 36 Chambers. <laughs> so, of course, me and my group of friends, each of us took our own chamber. And I said, well, I'm going to be Chamber 7 because it only makes sense. Uh, that name kind of matured into my stage name because 7 is the number of completion. And I feel the most complete when I'm operating in my purpose. And one of my purposes, I believe, is being on that stage. So That's awesome. Give me some insight. What do you mean in operating in your purpose? Uh, give the listeners some insight on what that means. Operating your purpose is when uh, you have a talent or something that you do. And uh, when I say talent, I mean that one thing that you do so well, you think everybody else does it just as well. Uh, not realizing that it's specifically designed for your genetic code to do this particular thing very well. So when I'm operating in my purpose, when I'm operating as an actor or a filmmaker or a creator or an engineer, those things that I know that I do very well, I feel like that's operating in my purpose. It sounds... Um, very similar to passion. So how do you separate the passion and purpose, um, or are the two synonymous to you? Uh, they're almost synonymous. You can't be passionate about something, but when you're passionate about your purpose, it's when those two things are interlinked together and everything kind of operates in uh, a very beautiful unison. How, how do you balance that? How, how do you balance that unison of knowing um, what your passion is and knowing what your purpose is and not getting distracted by passion and treating it as a purpose. Like, give me some insight on how you balance the two. Uh, I, I specifically balance the two by making sure that I don't let my passion get too out of control. You still have to live a, a regular life. You still have to, to do those things around you, make sure that you're fed, make sure that you eat, make sure that you sleep. Sometimes I get so passionate about a particular poem, I won't sleep for days. Um, but when I'm operating in my passion and ending my purpose, I, I feel myself elevate, like I feel myself getting better. So when the, when the two are balanced out properly, when I'm operating in my, my purpose, using my passion to fuel it, then everything is in unison. My skin is clearer. I feel better. I wake up feeling stronger. My attitude is, is cleaner. Everything about my spirit is, is on, the, on the right path. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I can definitely um, agree with that. And as you were explaining the difference in how they are synonymous, that excuse me, synonymous, that passion and purpose, uh, I, I immediately thought of um, Kobe Bryant and like Ray Allen, where they're so obsessive um, with their passion exactly. that we respect their purpose and we give their passion their purpose. I had a conversation with a gentleman a couple weeks ago and he used to make music and he said that music was his passion and he knew that being an educator was his purpose. And I had a really hard time separating that and driving away like, man, I don't know why he didn't say that both of those are his passion and why he's separating the two of those mm -hmm. because you have somebody like, Muhammad Ali, who's so passionate about his boxing, and Floyd Mayweather, and Kobe Bryant, and and um, LeBron James, who they made their passion their purpose. And I'm mentioning these mm -hmm. athletes because that's just something that I have fun with. But mm -hmm. um, there are so many people, the Will Smiths, the Oprah, so many people who they were passionate about um, their art that they made it their purpose. And I mm -hmm. feel like that is what makes a great artist. That's correct. Yep, and oh. that's what I earnestly believe is when you when you find a way to balance those things and make them uh, operate 
and function correctly, then yes, absolutely. Oh, yes. We've got Chamber 7 here. Um, we're just getting into the show. We've got a lot of good stuff going on. Um, again, wh- when when did you first start performing wh- and why? Like, what brought you to the stage? Was the first time you shared the stage, was it as an actor or was it as a spoken word artist? Give me some insight on that first time. Uh, actually, that's that's a very good question. Um, I, the first time I crossed the stage was completely by accident, uh, if you will. Um, I was just in the middle of a really uh, bad divorce. A friend of mine needed to get me out the house. Um, I literally had like one poem memorized in my head, and they and I had never even been around a uh, a stage before, as far as like I didn't know what an open mic was. So they said, just so check this out. They said, Why don't you come out with me? And I'm uh, giving a shout out to um, anybody who remembers in Hampton Roads, uh, Middies out in Newport News. They had this thing called um, Fuzzy Wednesdays. She brought me out there. It was a vibe I had never felt before. I'd never seen it before. She said, Why don't you try signing up on the list? I had that one poem. I signed up on the list. I got on stage. And I'll never forget it. I stumbled on the first few words and I looked out into the crowd. The lights were blaring in my face. And I said, Do y'all mind if I. I, I kind of messed it up, and somebody way off in the back, they said, yo, just start over, man. Take your time. And that, and from that point on, it was just history for me. Awesome. That was great. Did you, um, like, do that poem off of memorization, or did you read that from uh, a paper or your phone? Uh, that poem, I felt so strong about that poem, I had rewritten it so many times that I actually had it memorized from rewriting it over and over and over again until I got all the revisions down the way I wanted to. So I spit it right off the top of my head. That was beautiful. So the first time you ever shared a poem um, off the top of your head, you stumbled and you felt very welcomed uh, by the crowd to just say, man, take your time and continue to go. Do you feel like if they didn't embrace you uh, that well, do you feel like that would have kind of um, hardened the blow or made it a little more tougher for you to kind of accomplish that goal again? Absolutely. Um, and it was specifically because of the veteran poets that were in the game at the time. Uh, one of the well-known hosts out there, Godchild the Omen up in uh, Hampton Roads, uh, he's always been a good friend of mine and a, a mentor as far as my poetry is concerned. A lot of those guys kind of just took me in and embraced me as the kind of the rookie of the group. And even to this day, even though like it's been 10 years, I kind of still feel like the rookie amongst the group, but they constantly remind me that, you know, I'm one of those guys that, that they remember, so... Oh, yes. That's one thing that I love about being a poet is that veteran poets really take the time to sharpen um, younger or inexperienced poets who they can tell are doing it for the passion of poetry opposed to look at me on stage. There have been countless times where I've seen the churches and the Deshans and the um, fuses, the local area uh, poets here in the Triangle area where they are really taking a poet under their wing and sharpening them to embrace poetry opposed to that one momentary time when they're on stage. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And well, they all did. Why, why do you still perform for that to happen so long ago? You mentioned um, over 10 years ago. Um, why do you still perform and share your work? Uh, because of the fact that it's my purpose. I, I earnestly believe that um, I won't say that I'm I'm very unique, but I'm unique in the sense that uh, I deliver it in such a way that it feels like it's a conversation. Um, the most recent time that I, I performed for an audition one time, um, they, they halfway through the poem, they didn't realize it was a poem until they were like, oh, wait, he's actually doing the poem right now. So I think that particular style has made it easier for the people who've never even heard spoken word, which I'm still surprised to this day. I still run into people who've never seen or heard anything like it um, to kind of welcome them into it. So it eases, eases them into it. Oh, yes. There's a big difference between spoken word poetry and 
regular poetry. I'm not saying one is better than the other or anything of that nature. I'm not going to begin yeah, that debate. Different. It's just different. It's just yeah. different styles. So I love how you said you can articulate it in the way where it's a conversation piece. Mm -hmm. So that makes the listener more receptive opposed to trying to be entertained. Right. I've noticed quite often that with myself being a spoken word artist that I get the view or um, that outlook of entertaining someone. So I am a fan of your cadence and it is it does come across so smoothly where it is a conversation. So I'm listening to listen opposed to listening to respond. Yes, absolutely. Right. And that's kind of the reason why I decided to do it that way. Um, I wanted people to feel like we're just having a chat, you know, and it, it kind of helps people to bring their guard down and just listen. Oh, yes. We've, we've spoke so much about uh, poetry. Do you mind uh, sharing some poetry with us um, on the air? Oh, sure. Absolutely. We've got Chamber 7 here, WHUPLP of Hillsboro, hosted by your boy. You already know who I am. Poet Laureate of Hillsboro, North Carolina, Endless Will. And he's about to bless you with some amazing work. Go ahead and let him know what you do, Chamber. Do you see it over there? It's in the exact same place it was yesterday. So patient and so quiet, but it continues to wait in the midst of New Year's resolutions. The public makes fun of it because its significance doesn't seem relevant. Well, at least not yet. Begging for a lifetime of belief often found drowning in a sea of regret. The initial step in a journey of a thousand miles, but the nerd is too shy to let it hold his head up long enough to see her smile back at him. In awkward moments of silence, it waits to be called into service, gently tugging at the heartstrings of the most talented, too nervous to make their first appearance. Until the winds of changes are felt, it remains on the mind of the inventors who painfully watch it blossom in the hands of someone else. Cast aside by vain attempts to follow a path that's not as acceptable to society, so it continues to elude frustrated postal workers in search of a few holidays off and some form of financial stability. It doesn't play hide-and-seek, but glares longingly into the eyes of the meek from a residence wedged somewhere between Procrastination Boulevard and Excuses Street. Stapled into resumes that have been filed under things to do instead of things to do right now. How ironic to be locked in a closet in a box marked unfinished projects stored right next to the skeletons that hinder its progress. The key to this prison lies in the hands of the hesitant, but it's still patiently waiting. Perched upon the brick wall of indifference that lines a narrow pathway that has also been shrouded with the prickly bushes of perception about how too old one has become, positioned perilously on the tips of tongues that have forced it into submission for fear of failure. Instead of hanging out on the block, it's hanging on the clearance rack and probably hasn't even been tailored. Junkies ignore it in the neon lights of rehabilitation signs that glow in open view. It keeps company with the dial tone until she's ready to admit that tattooing her face with his fists is not the way anyone is supposed to say I love you. But until the resistance to its well-wrapped gift is withered away, until the family ties that bind it finally fray, what else is it supposed to do but wait? Wait like parolees wait for departure from incarceration. Wait like students who suffer exams that determine the date of graduation. Wait like elderly believers in social security pensions. It waits for one life-changing decision while you wait for its manifestation, unaware that it requires a leap of faith, a leap that you've been refusing to take moves that you've been negligent to make, but it still waits because contrary to popular belief, its presence isn't announced by the likes of magnificent musical scores. You see, opportunity 
may arrive in modesty because there is no law that says it must always knock on your front door. Knowing that even eagles must fall a few times before they are ever able to soar, I guess the only question that opportunity has to ask of you now is, what have you been waiting for? Wow. Opportunity may arrive in modesty. Wait like students who suffer exams, the face tattoo line, the postal worker line. The key to this prison lies in the hands of the hesitant. There are so many quotable lines in there. I'm sitting here taking notes. My fingers hurt because I'm sitting there trying to write and type as fast as you are going. I really, really appreciate that poem, Chamber. Absolutely. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for letting me share it with the group. What was the motivation and inspiration for that particular poem? I was having a conversation with another um, fellow poet, a uh, friend of mine, uh, and she said she actually had a box sitting in her closet that was marked Unfinished Projects, and that one line is what started that whole poem. Oh, wow. Um, she and I had been tossing ideas back and forth, and she's like, I just wish I could get some of this stuff started. I got that box that's sitting in there, and I, and I said, well, why not just start one and then go from there? And that's kind of where it carried on from. Oh, yes. Do you feel... Um, with the many hats that you wear with being an actor and a model and a filmmaker, a spoken word artist, do you, um, is your creativity built around um, simple um, inspirations like that? Like your friend just having a, a, a typical conversation about her day and things that she needed to unpack or pack. And you're like, oh my gosh, that reminds me of a poem. Do you find those moments happening in your life often? Very often. Um, I, as a, uh, I, I went to school for engineering so and I, and I have worked as a mechanical engineer for several years. And the one thing that I've learned is that uh, complexity is nothing more than a bunch of simple problems strung together. And the only thing that makes it difficult is finding out what those simple problems are and how they relate to each other. So I find that the most beautiful art that we can find is in some of the most simple things that we just kind of overlook because we see it every day. Oh, yes. With you having that artistic mind and being a mechanical engineer, how did that particular life balance with you having the artistic side, the actor, the um, the model, the, the spoken word artist, so many things that I can name that you do, that you're successful at. Um, how did you balance the mathematical side with being an engineer with that artistic side? Because it's typically said that those are two different sides of the brain that we're using, and you t typically hone on both of them so successfully. Uh, well, I, I think that what ends up happening is it just kind of comes out naturally for me. Uh, it, it doesn't It doesn't feel like a struggle. What I don't do is I don't force it is the first thing. Uh, when it comes to the poem, uh, I'm often asked, well, how do you write a piece? I just don't force it. I just let whatever's supposed to happen just happen. And the same thing with engineering. One plus one will always be two. So I feel the same way with art in with respect to what I do, either as an actor or a model or anything. I do what comes naturally. So... <laughs> that, that's amazing. And I appreciate what you do naturally. I'm, I've been a fan of you for a while. So to bring you on to this show um, is amazing. I really hope that you listeners, I say it quite often, I hope that you never get tired of me saying it. Um, Endless Will is not this bringing spoken stories to typical bedroom poets who are writing poems for themselves, which is no big deal because I do that for myself as well. But we're bringing you poets who share their work and are passionate about it and giving you an example of how you can express your art. And um, you already know what I do. I'll put the link to Sean on the website so you'll make sure that you can follow him and find out uh, more about the things that he's done. Um, you mentioned this acting. Give the listeners some insight on some of the films that you've been in. 
Uh, I've I've had the honor and privilege of being a part of several different movies and films. Um, one of the first ones that I did is called In the Pines, uh, where a young gentleman, uh, he was the writer, director, and also one of the actors in the film, filmed the whole thing in the backyard of his, um, most of the, the film in the backyard of his parents' uh, uh, property. Um, great film, had a lot of fun doing that, kind of went from there um, uh, all the way up to the most recent film that I did, uh, with uh, Daniel Radcliffe, um, most of you would know him as Harry Potter. Um, I played opposite of him as one of his friends in a movie called Imperium. Hmm. Great show. Uh, I've done several different uh, reenactments as well, Wicked Attractions. Um, so, and and I've had a great time doing those as well. Uh, you know, just trying to flex my, I guess, creativity, so to speak, is doing different characters. Oh, yes, and play in your purpose. Play in your purpose. This man said he's been doing this for 10 years, and he continues to hone in on his craft. Like we were pulling up to the radio station. He told me, I'm just continuing to play in my purpose and do what God has intended me to do, and I appreciate you this being one of those platforms where you can do um, what you do. So I'm going to thank you so many more times throughout this hour because I definitely do appreciate everything that you do. You give me inspiration to continue to drive and play in my purpose because I see somebody that I know who if I've eaten dinner with who hugs and loves on my children to play in their purpose. So it gives me no excuse not to do the exact same. Oh, absolutely. And you know, uh, to be honest with you, you, you've been quite an inspiration for me as well. A lot of times when I find myself wondering if I should keep going or keep doing it, and I say, no, there are other people that are still doing it and they're still making it happen, you know. Reach for your dream, keep pushing for it, and, you know, make those dreams into reality by writing it down and making it a plan. Oh, yes, writing it down, making it a plan, because dreams are only dreams unless you make them come true. Right. <laughs> I've got Chamber 7 and here spoken stories 104.7 we'll get into this musical feature we was just vibing out before we turned on this record button to my buddy kane he and i performed at a hip-hop verse poetry event in durham um a couple months ago and it was hip-hop verse poetry you've heard me talk about that show before on here and kane is the only artist who won his round um so listeners I'm going to play this song by, by, excuse me, by Kane, and I'm going to let you know where you can find his music because I know for a fact that you're about to enjoy this. Uh-huh. It's a new wave. Got it. I wanted this moment all of my life. I'm feeling like a star with all of these lights. Tell them I'm going to shine, baby. I tell them I'm going to shine, baby. I look up to the sky to get through these nights I put away the pride, I'm living my life Tell them I'm gon' shine, baby I told them I'm gon' shine, baby Uh, I'm making way for all the people of my generation I rebelled against the rules and now these people hate it Feeling chosen like I'm Jesus Leading the people with faith in a couple gold boots To tell the truth, they couldn't walk a mile in my shoes Taking tracks and on these tracks I know I show and I prove Cause it's a hard time breaking the mold But remember that these trends just temporary, real never gets old If you looking for the truth then you got that A mix between a god and a geek with a backpack They say I might be too smart to rap <laughs> Well that's funny, call me a dummy but I can't dumb it down for the money 
people they trust me it's more like an obligation because martyrs still matter though they get assassinated that's real if you think of any legendary people you'll see they either locked in a cell or not breathing i wanted this moment all of my life i'm feeling like a star with all of these lights tell them i'm gonna shine baby i tell them i'm gonna shine baby I look up to the sky to get through these nights I put away the pride, I'm living my life Tell them I'm gon' shine, baby I told them I'm gon' shine, baby Look, your pride heavy as guilt Guilt tripping, you're slipping That sort of satin on silk hm. The shock of no limit I get the clip in your stilts You too small for your britches And you were chasing a dollar But never stacking your pennies hm. Feel I was meant to lead Just as Exodus reads hm. Talking to burning bushes Igniting my trees Heavy's the head But since I carry this weight Why wait? You know this sick world Don't lack patience hm. And lately we've been dealing With some broken souls And it feel like glass in my hands I bleed for you And as you bare soul With these bare hands as I try to piece them together into a wholeness that I bleed for you Just don't ever cross me I know you heard the story About the sun that was sent to just shine its light on us As you enlighten yourself Shine light but first save yourself Shed light but don't shade yourself The sun I wanted church. this moment all of my life I'm feeling like a star with all of these lights Tell them I'm gonna shine baby I tell them I'm gonna shine baby I look up to the sky to get through these nights I put away the pride, I'm living my life Tell them I'm gon' shine, baby I told them I'm gon' shine, baby the most talented smooth is Mick Jagger, I'm nice. Rap circles around rappers feel like I'm lapping them twice. To the top I am headed, tell them I'm coming. Know that this is my call and tell God that I'm not running. Figured it out. When my mama said she knew I had figured it out. Put my head up to the sky and got rid of the doubt. But like a phoenix in the burning sun, rising from the ash, they trying to catch him like Pokemon. Mine, it's a rhythm to this. It's a vibe, got the keys, it ain't no riddle to this. Work hard, play harder, and invest in yourself. Hit the gas, cut the bricks, you gotta get it yourself If I don't leave you with nothing else Understand you only human fam, nothing else Don't let your pride get in the way of you asking for help We need us, but at the end of the day All you got is yourself I wanted Bless. this moment all of my life I'm feeling like a star with all of these lights Tell them I'm gonna shine, baby I tell them I'm gonna shine, baby I look up to the sky to get through these nights I put away the pride, I'm living my life Tell them I'm gon' shine, baby I told them I'm gon' shine, baby Cause I'm gon' shine, baby That was Shine by Kane featuring T. Walker That was an amazing song I hope y'all feel like I'm definitely gonna put the links in the um, website So y'all can go ahead and follow Kane Kane is an amazing artist, a hip-hop social artist from Pantingo, North Carolina. Kane's mission is to inspire all listeners to utilize their passion and platform to affect change. I'm letting you know that I put Kane and Chamber 7 together at the same time for a reason because they both are doing the exact same thing with their art. As the CEO of Enoch Coalition, an organization of artists and individuals that provide creative products and services to engage the community, Kane pushes for social change from youth to adults. Kane regularly plays venues in the North Carolina area. He's performed with Big Sean, Saha the Prince, Freeway, Blind Fury, David Banner, Brick Crit. This man is amazing, so I really hope that you guys reach out and find Kane. K-A-I-N. That young man is doing work. What do you think about that song, bro? 
Oh, I loved it, man. I was over here rocking my head to it just a second ago. I like it. Oh, yes, yeah. Sir. That hook. I'm going to shine, baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. real. He said it. I'm living this moment like it's the end of my life. He really, really, really is sitting there pushing and playing. Uh, bro had a show a couple weeks ago with Juice Lord. I'm going to make sure I bring Juice Lord up in here, too, because he's super fire. And just the videos that I've seen from their performances, they were not just up there reciting their music. It was an experience. Mm. And that's one thing that I love about hip-hop artists that I feature on this show is that when you go to their shows, you're not just hearing music. You get an experience. You get to interact with the artists. You get to see how passionate they are when they're sitting there sweating and dripping sweat and jumping up and down and vibing with their own music and taking all of that pride away from it. So, Kane, I appreciate you. Shout out to everything that you're doing. Please keep on doing it because we see you, bro. Indeed. Oh, yes. Uh, bro, why poetry? Out of everything that you do, um, the movies with Daniel Radcliffe, the um, phenomenal things that you do um, with modeling and design and things of that nature, my question to you is everything that you succeed at, what makes you want to be a poet? I feel like I don't, uh, it's almost like I don't have a choice. There there have legitimately been times when I wanted to quit. I'm not going to lie. Um, there were times when I didn't want to do it anymore. But I think the empathetic side of, of who I am almost forces me to do it. I remember one time, um, shouts out to my acupuncturist, uh, Renee Grant, uh, Orchid Blossom, Orchid um, Acupuncture up in uh, Maryland. I went to see her and um, she did some work on me and she said, you have one of two choices because they actually take the time to, to like basically counsel you through it. She said, you can either stop poetry or you need to find a way to flow this energy in and out of you because you're containing a lot of things. So poetry ended up became, becoming my release. Um, like I said, the main reason I stepped on stage was because I was going through a difficult time. For me, poetry literally saved my life. Um, a lot of people think that um, being alive just means you, you know, you walk around with a heartbeat, but it's more than that. If you're not really operating in your purpose, you're basically just walking dead. So poetry is what kept me alive, like legitimately kept me alive. So when she gave you that, you need to figure out a way to balance this because your core isn't um, responding well to this. What adjustments did you make so you can make sure that poetry is a healthy outlet opposed to hindering your body? Um, I had a lot of unfinished pieces. I had a lot of work that I had kept to myself that I was not releasing. Um, I think that was right around the same time you had approached me about the anthology and said, you know, I, I got this anthology. I want to include some work. And I had kept a bunch of work. And even now I still got I've, I've released three albums to the public and I still have another seven that I haven't even shown anybody. I'll, I'll let out a piece here and there and I'm always concerned about well, what are people going to think. But the one thing that I recognize is at the end of the day, if it's in me, somebody else out there most likely is going to respond to it. And I'm never going to find out who those people are if I'm always afraid of what's going to happen if I let it out to the public. Not everybody's going to agree with me, but I'm not out here to please everybody. I'm out here to find those pockets of people just like myself that stumble into a open mic and needed to hear that word at that moment. Oh, yes. And I 1000 percent can relate to the um, holding poetry in and um, I being a little insecure. Um, and that's a very uh, umbrella of a word, um, mm -hmm. but kind of being insecure with the work that you want to share. That's personal. Mm -hmm. Like you have it. You know it. But putting it out to the world and the perception that's given, I have battled with that myself and I can 1000% relate and take my hats off to you as I understand that monkey off your back sigh of relief feeling when you share what you were um, hesitant to share. Absolutely. It feels very, very good. And it's not even um, how it's received. For me personally, I didn't feel good 
based upon how it was received, I felt good for having the confidence to do so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And I totally agree with that. Oh, yes. Um, Because I feel like as performers that the audience can can touch and feel that confidence. I've been I've um, seen poets who have an amazing piece, but the way that they present it isn't in their confidence. Right. So I'm not able to receive the poem as well as they want because I'm thinking about how they're on stage presenting it. But mm-hmm. when you share that poem that you feel a certain way about mm-hmm. and you really embrace it and just destroy it, you accept that challenge. Mm-hmm the looks and the head nods and the thumbs up and the approval isn't Mm -hmm. for the poem. It's because it is obvious what you are going through at that moment. Exactly. And that, that clearly defines what we were talking about earlier about operating in your purpose with your passion. You can operate in your purpose and be on stage, but if you don't couple it with the proper amount of passion that you have about that particular piece and what it actually means to you, you're just up there reading words off of your head. Yes. There's a poet that I met one time out of Fayetteville. uh, I don't necessarily know her name, Uh, We just had a really great conversation in the sense of she said she loves poetry because she can't think of any other art form where somebody destroys themselves every time they share a poem. Mm. And she broke it down to like hearing about a lady uh, reenact a rape or an adverse moment and to really embody that performance to the point that somebody is crying and and it's literally just for three minutes so they can get that out. And to get back to that moment is so powerful. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. To feel that in that moment in the time. And it's not something that just, you know, like I said, any anybody can do it. And a lot of these poets don't realize that what you do is a talent. And that talent is that one thing that you do almost effortlessly, like it just rolls off your tongue. I've often had conversations with people and something will come out sounding like a poem or like I'm doing a motivational speech. And I'm like, nah, this is just this is a part of me. This is what I do. Oh, yes. Um, go ahead. Give us some more of what you do, bro. Absolutely. We got Chamber 7 in the building, an amazing guy, WHUP LP of Hillsboro, Spoken Stories 104.7 every Wednesday from 6 to 7. You already know where you at or you wouldn't be listening, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Chamber, go ahead and let him know, bro. Take me to the front lines. I'm going to make this declaration like a junior varsity two-week red shirt who knows he can make the winning play in the final quarter. Yes. I'm going to make this proclamation of frustration clear and hope that had that you have your open-mindedness prepared to hear what I'm com- where I'm coming from. I'm going to make a request that I should be sent to the front lines. Send me where I belong because where I live can't be where it is. Let me be AWOL from being a soldier in the city and enlist as a soldier in the sand. Rather than staying here to be beaten down, let me find a better place to stand. Been disgraced so many times by my own kind, I suppose I can find comfort in the confines of my home. But phone calls from family members who announce another cousin that has passed make me wonder why we die like this. It's as if these streets, no one cares. Patrol that corner. The cops don't dare. 2,500 soldiers have been lost during the entire duration of the Iraq conflict, but 2,500 ghetto children die in this country every year, so I see it like this. Might as well go where the most publicized fight is, because at least they get media coverage. Mm. At least I can finally see where money is going during tax season. At least I will be supplied with the proper protection and a weapon. At least I won't feel like I would be dying in vain. Even if I catch a bullet to the brain, my family gets a check to compensate for their pain. Hmm. But in the streets, 
you don't get anything. In return, when you learn that your child has become yet another statistical victim of a drive-by shooting in the war on drugs, why does it seem like it's the innocent victim that are losing? Who are we fooling? The glory is on the other side of the Atlantic. Clutching onto the magazine of 7.62s aimed at the heart of form, people must be the only way I can get any semblance of attention for my accomplishments on this earth. I don't even live in the ghetto. I left it a long time ago, but the mainstream make it seem as if that's the main ingredient for success in entertainment, so my status as a stubborn kid living in the suburbs grants me no access. It's almost as if we are subliminally teaching the children that you have to go down to come up. We haven't taught them the definition of an honest hustle, where you don't have to sell your soul to come up. Standing 12 hours from the spring, fall, summer, and winter with Glock on your waist, suffering from the shakes because you're too busy watching your back for the competition or the jakes, is a near equivalent exchange for a job that only pays minimum wage. Get it right. The glamour you get from getting shot at could be the same glamour you gain when your mama gotta pay extra for the mortician to piece together your eye. As for me, send this soldier to the front line. At least I'll have a better chance at leaving my mark before it's finally my time to die. Mm-mm-mm. That was so powerful. I couldn't even take notes on that. I was just here listening. I got chills. I love the build up, the build up, the build up, the build up, the build up. And then you said, I don't even live in the ghetto. I know about this. It's on the media. You got to go down to go up, the build up, the build up, the build up. And you said all of this. And I don't even live there no more. Yeah. I know about this. And I've, I don't even live there no more. And now my view from not being there anymore is subjected as if I'm not good enough. Exactly. That was poetry. If this is your first time ever listening to spoken stories, if this is your first time ever hearing a spoken word poet, then you just got a gift from that being your first poem, because that is what we do. That is why I'm a fan of that man. That is the people that I keep in my circle. I keep heavy poets in here. Sean, six, one, hundred and eighty five, ninety pounds. But that poetry is sumo wrestler, heavy, seriously intense work, dedication. Thank you for that. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. Man, that was good. The hairs on the back of my neck has stood up from that. I don't even live there anymore. Mm -hmm. The mainstream appreciating so much. And with me being a middle school teacher, it drives me nuts how people feel like ignorance is going to get them there. Yep. I have a um, couple of young men who know songs word for word. Um, then I ask them to read out loud and they get in, um, a little embarrassed. They want to mm-hmm. fuss me out because they don't want to get embarrassed. But why are you singing the most ignorant songs and you're not embarrassed by that? And then I ask you to read something that's going to help you out throughout life. An amazing quote that is relevant to you, young man, and you feel a certain way. And it's because of the things that you just spoke about. That's right. What's the fix? How do we fix that chamber? They emulate what we give them. Um, I understand. You know what? And I hear a lot of people complain about the the level of music that we're hearing. But you know what? When we were younger, we heard silly songs, too. We mm-hmm. had stuff that didn't make any sense, too. The problem is there's no balance. You can have fun, but 
yeah, there are those artists that are not that great, but then there are those artists who are amazing, who have something revolutionary to say, the Kendrick Lamars that are out there, the J. Coles that are out there, you know. And I think we're not balancing it the enough. The Kings that's out here. Oh, absolutely. Yes. The Kings that are out there, you know. all Shouts out to all our independent artists that are out there trying to get it out. And I think when I discovered it was um, talking to a DJ friend of mine, he said, you're only going to find the best stuff underground because the mainstream is just going to do what's popular. Oh, yes. And that underground has to be those parents who were raised up with, you know, the Jay-Z's and the Nas and those those epic artists that we have. We need to take those kids back and let them listen to that stuff, play that, those records for them and dis, and decipher for them what they're missing out of it that we might have missed when we were younger. But now we're old enough to understand. Oh, yes. I have a hard time listening to music that I can't read. And I, mm. I it is really like that simple for me. I have a hard time listening to a bunch of ad libs or noises and boopity bop. And that's what I call it, because if I Google your lyrics and I can't articulate it, then I don't necessarily like it that much. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it for what it's worth for party music. And that's when I want to hear it. But to ride down, my wife and I just went to Virginia and um, I, I put my um, phone in, in the auxiliary cord and I'm vibing out four hour trips to good lyrical music exactly. and she's like can we put on like something a little more upbeat and i said baby if you want to drive you can but while i'm driving i need to pay attention to the road by paying attention to these words because mm -hmm. i can't listen to ugly music boobity bop because i listen to words too much mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yes you got to have something that feeds your soul and i think what a lot what often happens is we're not feeding it appropriately oh yes i'm about to feed our audience appropriately with some more music by Kane. The song that we go get into, speaking of that great, good music, um, let's let's play some Black Panther. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to keep these demons off of my back But they ain't letting up They got a hold up They take control up When you giving up uh, I gotta fight it Cause if I go then we all gone Today I'm gone My whole team gone And ain't nothing they can do about it Look, I pulled up to the valet They like, who's this? They like being just If I put up in a Hyundai I wonder what would Walter Scott say If he could tell the story I bet Tell us how the cops ain't And how the media portrays our people We the bad guys, but they all so evil Damn, I wonder what Trayvon would tell me If I was walking through a gated community And if a could see me looking black in a hoodie I'm a hoodie all black, I wonder what they would do to me Where did we go? <laughs> I last Mike Brown and I see him I bet he would know Is it crazy that a can't walk to the store Feel safe for at home? I ain't never seen nothing like this I just ring into my pocket, started typing up a list So this type that I feel, but no, I can't up a movie theater would get it worse than it's than selling drugs uh but the money ain't going to the cooker, so they give him 30 years and the shooter get love not love like a regular sentence but love because he never get a regular sentence he does be crazy they look at his history then they swear he was just young and senseless defenseless even though he had a family when half black men don't even know they daddy they moms can't raise him because they so emotional Grow up angry and unapproachable Then they wonder why we all ain't sociable You can't breathe when society's haunting you So please don't take this wrong how I'm approaching you Sir, I just wanna talk, I'm not approaching you Please don't take this wrong how I'm approaching you Look, I just wanna talk, I'm not approaching you Trying to keep these demons off of my back 
but they ain't letting up. They got a hold up, you take control of you giving up. Uh, I gotta fight it, cause if I go, then we all gone. The day I'm gone, my whole team gone, and ain't nothing they can do about it. Look, I try to tell them we the most hated. They don't care about us, cause our work is done. We build white houses for the white power, now the white power's on our houses. Please stand up. Damn, we can't stand up. Look, we too busy trying to put ourselves on. Go down instead of trying to stop it. We just reach up our phones. What the f going on? World star, I don't pay you. Instagram, it won't change you. I pull up to the valet. They like, who's this in the bins? Just some friends still. I put up in a day. They don't get it. Pull up to the valet. They like, who's this in the bins? Just friends still. I pull up in a day. They gon' look at you the same way. They gon' look at you the same way. The same way. Yo, Kane is so fire. Chamber and I over here laughing at the fact that the same thing that we just talking about in this interview, I play this Black Panther in. Kane over here talking about the exact same thing that we talked same about in that thing. interview. Universal. Oh, yes. When Universal. you move, when you move in your purpose, your purpose will find you. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. Chamber and Kane never met each other. Have you ever heard of him before I just introduced you no, to him? No, not until now. No. <laughs> And I'm glad that I was able to introduce you to some great, great music. Oh, yeah. Because he is super dope. That was Black Panther by Kane. If you guys need to find out where he is, just Google K-I-N-E music, and you will find everything that you can find out about this young man because he's driven and he is going college graduate, an amazing, an amazing artist, an amazing purpose. And uh, he and I chopped it up in regards to community up. Um, and community outreach because he knows the type of work that I do in regards to poetry. So when we performed at that event together, he said, man, I would love for you to come into my area and talk about poetry because I talk about hip hop quite often and young faces need to see more people driven in their passion. And for him to approach me with that, I couldn't do anything but respect it and become a fan of his because he's not just making music. He is living in his purpose and he is sharing his passion. And when I look at the pictures that he posts on his Instagram and in his Facebook, he is really helping the community and teaching other people how to write and how to rap for a reason, opposed to the quote unquote boopity bop that we discussed before that. That's good music right there. I can't even say enough about it. Another question for you, Chamber. All right. With you being involved in so much and um, meeting Daniel Ratcliffe, an amazing, an amazing, an amazing um, actor with a, phen a phenomenal resume, uh, do you get nervous um, when you are approached to these situations, whether it be spoken word events or modeling um, endeavors or to act? Do you do you get nervous? Absolutely. Um, I, I sure do. Uh, and I think the only reason that I do is to remind me that I'm human. Uh, when it's all said and done, I'll never forget uh, when I first met him, I was in the uh, the makeup trailer and he walked in as I was about to walk out and he reached out his hand and he said, you're Sean, right? And it was like, and inside I was like a you know, 12 year old girl. I was like, oh my gosh, he knows my name already. But my outward came out in the confidence that I'm here because I'm supposed to be. So I just outstretched my hand and said, yes, I am. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Radcliffe just a really cool interesting guy and I do that with everybody and I I have that same starstruck feeling when I come across some of these bomb poets 
and other actors and all my friends now that I can call friends and mentors um, that are so extraordinary in their jobs and, and what they do is mm-hmm. I still get nervous around them. Oh, yes. With with that nervousness, how do you overcome it? What what advice would you give to an artist, uh, whether up and coming or polished, uh, when those nervous um, emotions kick in? How do you jump over that hurdle to make sure that you accomplish the task at hand? Keep in mind that that nervousness is an energy and what you do with it is your decision. When you approach the door to the airplane, you can stand there and be scared or you can jump out and release the parachute and have the greatest time of your life. You can either hold on to the greatest ideas and then let it mature with somebody else, like I mentioned in the piece before, or you can do it yourself. You can be that innovator because who says it's not you? Nobody could tell Will Smith where he would have been until after he did it. Nobody could tell the Oprah's, the Harrison Ford's, the Morgan Freeman's, the Samuel Jackson's. I can go on and on. Um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, no, no matter what, no matter who you pick, all of these people did that because they decided to make a decision to do and not just say. Hmm. What has been one of the best things said about your art? Um, for, for example, for me, uh, there was a moment where I shared this poem about my father not necessarily um, being the father that I needed and being inadequate in my life. And as I shared that poem and the post that I have of being a father, it was really good for a young man to approach me. And he said, I just had a baby and I'm a little nervous because my dad isn't in his life. And then I see how you tend to your kids. So it gives me hope that I can be a great father despite me not having a great father. Somebody said that to me five years ago and I remember the conversation. I remember what the young man looked like and it has always stuck with me. So do you have one of those stuck with you moments? Oh man, I've, I've had a hundred situations where I've, I've stepped out of the venue thinking I didn't do such a great job and somebody's pulled me to the side. I remember there was actually this young couple. Um, I had just spit a piece about relationships and the gentleman approached me, which is rare. Usually the guy doesn't approach me. He approached me. He said, man, I'm really I really appreciate what you did because you kind of just spoke on situations that have been happening in my own household. And right as he was saying that his his girlfriend had approached and they told us they told me that they had hope that things would work out better for them because she had just had a miscarriage. And I was like, I, I there's no way I could have even thought that something that I had written would have that kind of effect on a couple that I had never met before. But that's a part of the reason why I keep doing it is because I know there are more people out there that find solace in the words that we put together and the things that we have to say. And it's all a part of the purpose. It's all a part of the engineering of the way the universe has decided what needs to go out next. That's a balance of the power. Oh, yes. And you definitely did say it earlier in the show with that um, you enjoy the listener. You enjoy the fact that somebody, whether they mention it or not, that somebody is going to appreciate that work. So again, listeners who are artists um, listening to the show, don't get discouraged or vexed when somebody doesn't approach you or you don't get the necessary response that you need because there are shy people out there. And I 1000% am sure that when you perform, somebody drove home thinking about the work that you blessed them with. So please keep that in mind because not every time somebody's going to say something to you and it shouldn't be expected. But when it does happen, man, my gosh, it's so appreciated. It's beautiful. Oh, Absolutely. Yes. Where where other venues have you performed? I know I know you from Durham, um, Raleigh, Durham area. The first time I've ever seen you was at Durham and the Cuban Revolutions. Uh, you had the fedora on, nice white shirt, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you were bald and curly hair at the time. Yeah. And um, you went up there, killed it. I think you got a beverage, 
and you left. And I didn't get a chance to introduce myself to you. So I know you from Durham, mm -hmm. Raleigh area. That's where I always see you. But where are some other places that you venture out to share your work? Oh, man, I've uh, I've had the honor and privilege of doing this um, literally all over the country. Um, when I was in California for a long time, I was in California for like two years. Uh, I actually became a part of a venue after winning their, their slam. And then the hosts of the show had actually had to step down for various reasons. And I ended up stepping up as the host of the show for about two years. Um, ran that show for the, the entire two-year span. Then I started a separate jazz and poetry series when I was out there. Uh, came back over to the um, the East Coast, and I've I've had the privilege of stepping on the New Yorkian stage one time. Um, uh, it, that was absolutely amazing. I've had the chance to uh, stop by Busboys and Poets. Um, I've had the chance to go all the way down to... Um, uh, Real the Real One spot down in, in Florida uh, before he passed. Unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to meet him because he had been out of town. Um, I've been all over Hampton Roads um, from the blue to uh, from what everybody might remember as Fuzzy Wednesdays. Godchild the Omen has had me come out for several of the shows that they have. Um, uh, the Wet Spot, uh, a lot of those shows that are there. Uh, at City Soul Cafe here in Raleigh has always been a staple for me to go out to on Wednesdays. So uh, I, I've had the pleasure. If there's an open mic somewhere, I've tried to jump on the stage just to say a few words and at least have an opportunity to share the stage with some of the greats. Is it sharing the stage to get your brand out or sharing the stage so just to appreciate poetry? I say it's to appreciate poetry. Um, as far as getting my brand out, I think you walk around with the brand anyway, and you don't have to promote what's already great. Uh, hmm. I tell people all the time um, with regard to their self-confidence, Bentley doesn't have commercials because people already know how great they are. So I don't have to go around boasting how great of a poet I am. I let the advertisement be my work. I just go out there and I do it. And as I appreciate other poets, other poets appreciate me and, and as well as the audience. And I'm thankful for that. Oh, yes. You mentioned the appreciation of other poets and other artists. And uh, we're sitting here vibing out to an amazing, amazing music by Kane. I'm so thankful for him being a, a feature. Are there any mainstream or um, independent artists that you would just love to work with? Like if your phone rang um, after we left the studio recording the show and there was one artist that you just would love to work with um, on the poetry and music scene, what artist would that be? Mm. Well, off the top of my head, I can think of a couple uh, as far as huge names. Will Smith has been at the top of that list for a long time as a creative, um, not only as an actor, but he himself as a poet. Um, I think him, he, he's just, to me, he's just amazing as far as his reach and what he's able to do with what he does. Um, uh, a lot, of, to be honest with you, almost all of the, the, the locals that I, that I know, independent artists that I know, especially yourself, um, the Lamar Hills, the the, the Talam Aces, um, I've though I've shared the stage with them. I'd love to continue to do work with them, and I've I've had them on Prentice Powell, um, uh, Rudy Francisco, uh, a lot of these guys who Sean Williams, who are just amazing, amazing artists that I that I would love to just just vibe out to, just hang out with. Georgia Me has been a, a, a amazing artist that I've had the privilege of just hanging out with. Not necessarily, and you know what? We don't even have to put an album together just to be able to just vibe out with and hang out with. That's what I appreciate is to spend time with them because it's that energy, that that exchange of energy that I have being in the realm. Sometimes I'll go to a poetry venue and I just need to be around them and that's it. 
Oh, yes. Know? Oh, yes. You mentioned George and me out of all of the names that you named. I am so, 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 so in love with that lady. She's an amazing artist, an artist out of Atlanta. Um, if you don't know who that is, Google GeorgiaMe.com. Been on Oprah, Steve Harvey show. A phenomenal phenomenal heavy hitter in the poetry scene so out of all the people that he named sean singletary the tell him i am ac out of fayetteville so many artists make sure that you are taking notes to these names because these are artists who you need to make sure that you have on your archive Indeed. i got one final question we've been on the show for almost an hour unfortunately the show only lasts an hour whuplp of hillsborough brought to you by your boy here um poet laureate of hillsborough north carolina endless will I love poetry so much I can't get enough of it. My last question for you before we close out by this amazing song by Kane. What's next for you, Chamber? What is next for you? What do you see? What are you doing? Where are you going? What's next for you? Uh, I made the uh, epic decision just recently where I um, actually resigned my position as a manufacturing engineer with a, a long-time company um, to become an entertainer full-time, to, to operate in my purpose full-time. So um, I took the step out there. Um, a friend of mine and I have linked together as business partners to start up a company called Third Shift Media Group. It's going to be out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it's also based out of um, uh, Maryland as well. Um, we got a couple of affiliates where we just produce different, not only just films, but comic books and so on and so forth. We're working on a couple projects right now. Um, I also do videography. I'm still doing acting. Um, as a matter of fact, I've got a, uh, another acting gig I have to do um, in the next couple of days. I've been blessed with several auditions to do this uh, ever since I, I resigned. Um, and then I also accepted a, a, a spot on a variety show that will be airing uh, later this year that I have to go up to Maryland and shoot where I'm going to actually display uh, my poetry again. So you'll see me again. <laughs> That's amazing. So much work, so much work that I look forward to promoting and being a fan of and being entertained by. Um, we've got Chamber 7. Uh, let them know where they can find you, social media links, if you have a website, um, any merch, any books. Let them know um, let, let, let them know a little bit about you before we close out. Absolutely. You can always find me on Facebook. I'm under Chamber 7, uh, C-H-M-B-R-S-E, the number 7-E-N. Um, you can find me on SoundCloud by the same name, Chamber 7. You can find me on uh, Instagram under SWArtistC7. Uh, you can find me on cdbaby.com slash chamber seven. That's my first album. You can find uh, my third album, cdbaby.com slash chamber seven three. Um, and yeah, link up with me. Always shoot me a message. Hit me up. Let me know. Ask a question, whatever you feel. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much uh, for blessing the mic with your amazing work. Your poetry is phenomenal. I've always, always been a fan of you since the first time I met you. You carry yourself with so much poise and class um, that with me uh, being a black man myself it's good to have you in my circle to hold me accountable of how I am presenting myself because every time I see you you present yourself with such high class so it gives me a mirror to make sure that I am doing the exact same considering we're friends and I know that you would tell me about myself if I was not presenting myself in that way so, so again I thank you so much uh, thank you listeners um, don't don't turn off your stations yet because we go get into this last song by Kane shout out to Kane I texted him as we was listening like bro please keep making good music and he said you already know so yes, we sir. gonna close out with this chosen by Kane and I thank y'all listeners don't forget to visit whupfm.org and click that donate thank you they don't really know how much I pray for this I was on my own, I had to take a risk Busy on my grind and I ain't changing it And now I'm feeling like I'm really made for this 
They don't really know how much I pray for this I was on my own, I had to take a risk Busy on my grind and I ain't changing it And now I'm feeling like I'm really made for this Gotta count with your blessings Every day a new lesson Stack money like you hurting More money, less stressing Never worry about a hater Building your buzz, keep your team on point and never speak too much. They gon' hate it, they gon' hate it, and you ain't got nothing to do with it. Stay on your grind, remember the times when they ain't had nothing to do with it. Now they act like they know you, and they all want pictures. Way before you even came up, niggas didn't wanna deal with you. Hands out for a handout, then the people won't talk to. Now they all on the gram trying to be a fan, watch who you talk to. Eyes open for the snakes, eyes open for the snakes. Pay attention to the seeds you plant, even gardens ain't safe. My team, we straight. Best believe we straight. Everything gon' go, and we ain't even left the gate. Best advice is just pace. Build your lane, create space. Never worry about hate. It's a marathon, not a race. They don't really know how much I pray for this. I was on my own, I had to take a risk. Busy on my grind, and I ain't changing it.